I want to talk about a prerequisite for worship. What do we do as we come in? We've talked a lot about worship in the last four or five weeks, haven't we? And I want to just re-emphasize a couple of things. Number one is, remember, is that we want to worship all week. I mean, uh, if you have to put praise and worship music on or, or whatever it may be, or maybe if you put, uh, you know, little pieces of paper and tape them in different places where you can see it of Scripture that's meaningful to you. The Word of God is powerful. Put it in front of you. Worship the Lord all week and, and, and just say thank you. That's worship. And so whatever it is, as God calls you, try to worship all week long in preparation for us to come together corporately. The second thing here is, as we need to come, as I've mentioned many times, with a heart of expectancy. Did you come today expecting God to do something? Miracles. He does miracles. Uh, we need miracles here. There are people here that are hurting and there are miracles that need to take place here. And we're asking God for miracles. God does miracles. So come expecting God to do something really wonderful. The other is, remember the koinonia, the word koinonia, <clears throat> the relationship with one another horizontally as we come together as brothers and sisters in Christ. You're my brothers and sisters in Christ. And then vertically with our relationship with God. We come in and praise Him, right? We're speaking to Him. We're thanking Him. We're worshiping Him. And so in response to that, God responds. And God touches us. He changes us. And He changes us, we know, in 2 Corinthians 3, from glory to glory. When we encounter the Lord, you're changed. And actually, when you encounter the Lord, in one way or another, and it doesn't have to be anything, it may be just in that still, small voice, or it may be in a, 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 I mean, just a big, big way. It doesn't make any difference in that sense because God will change you and actually make you more hungry for His presence in your life. Amen. Aren't you hungrier today than you were maybe a year ago? Then something stirring within you that God is spirit actually is beginning to, to work something in each of our hearts today to make us hungry, hunger and thirst after righteousness. And the Bible says we will be filled. But I'm hungry for the Lord and I know you are also. Then also we need to worship from the heart. <clears throat> the lady at the well, he, Jesus came up and spoke to her. And uh, basically what happened was that Jesus said, I can give you living water. That will take care of you throughout eternity. The living water. And he said, she said, you don't even have anything to draw with. You know, you can't get anything out of it. Well, she was thinking in the natural. Jesus was talking in the spiritual. And so uh, <clears throat> he called her out and said, you know, you uh, uh, live with, you've been married or whatever, five or six times and all. And certainly the one you're living with now, you're not married to. And uh, she goes, well, how did you know that? Well... God the Father revealed that to him. And remember, Jesus only does what the Father told him to do. That's the same way with us. We listen to the Father and we do what God tells us to do. And remember, actually, a revival started there in Samaria as a result of this woman's life being changed. I mean, she had uh, lived, obviously, probably in uh, adultery and, and all these other things, but yet God chose to use her as far as building up the kingdom of God. And that's why I said, no matter what you've done in your life, and no matter how far you have fallen, no matter how much disgrace that you feel like you've had on your life, no matter what it is, 
is that God will receive you and forgive you if we'll run into the arms of Jesus. No sin is too big for our God. Amen. And sometimes people, the world looks at us and say, well, we have, you know, they, they've uh, somehow abandoned us and they've rejected us. But Jesus does not reject us. Jesus said, run to me. You're burdened and heavy laden and I will give you rest for your soul. You'll know you're forgiven. I don't want you to carry that guilt and that shame. I want you to know forgiveness when it that took place at Calvary. And so this lady started something and she said, well, we worship over here. And Jesus said that we'll worship in spirit and in truth. And so we can worship the Lord wherever we are. It doesn't make any difference where we are. We come together corporately and it's wonderful, obviously, as we come together, share our lives with one another and we worship together. But certainly we worship in spirit and in truth. And so God is looking for people, worshipers. He's looking for people who will worship Him. And so I hope this series has helped somewhat. This particular message, there's a prerequisite to worship. And that is to remember. To remember. Your capacity for memory, uh, obviously, is a very powerful gift. The the ability to recall previous experiences. Our memory is very important to remind us. I remember when I was a little boy and obviously I worked on a farm and, and I was out one day and, you know, I saw this yellow jacket. Y'all know what a yellow jacket is? Okay. And I saw him there. He was sitting down there and I was really young and, and I reached over because, I mean, he had a yellow body on him and so forth. And I put my thumb on the yellow jacket. The wrong thing to do. He stung me. Well, I'll tell you, from that point on, I knew and I remembered not to put my hands on a wasp or a yellow jacket or a hornet or any of those things. I remember that. So our memory has something, is something there that, that is really important in understanding of what we can do. And in the kingdom of God, memory is very a powerful factor. And so what we remember actually can trigger our emotions. If we remember how down in the dumps we were or maybe some of the bad things that have happened to you in life and all and and all of this, you begin to think about those things, remember those things, and it can really drop your spirits, can it? But if you remember a time in your life that was really joyful, you remember something that was really joyful, you remember something that was uplifting and you remember something that made you happy. It makes you happy down deep. So memory obviously can translate over into our emotions and all. So this morning, I'm going to talk about a stewardship over our memory. The discipline of remembrance. We need to remember. And so, how are you doing with that spiritual discipline? Are your thoughts under control? We talked about that. That we need to manage our thoughts. We need it because the devil will put thoughts in our minds. And he can do that. He will fire those fiery darts as talked about in Ephesians 6 and they'll come at us and we need to be ready to cast them out, not to receive them, not to allow them to take root. And so we need to be able to manage our our thought life here. And are you remembering the things that need to be remembered here? And there's certain things I believe as far as the Bible is concerned that we must never forget. And the first thing is here is, is we are to remember God. Let me read here from Deuteronomy chapter 8. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe His commands, His laws, and His decrees that I'm giving you this day. 
Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, and when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase, and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud, and you'll forget the Lord your God, who has brought you up out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He led you in through the vast and dreadful desert, that thirsty and waterous land, with the snakes and scorpions, he brought you water out of hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the desert, something your fathers had never known, to humble and to test you so that in the end it might go well with you. You may say to yourself, my power and my strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for he is the one who gives you the ability to produce wealth and he confirms his covenant, which he swore to your forefathers as it is today. He's saying here, don't forget God. What happens when you forget God? You start forgetting God. You, for, you, you start re- certainly forgetting to remember what God has done for you. What happens? You begin a slippery slope downward. And you begin and you fall into sin. What has happened to the United States of America? They have not remembered, have they? They haven't remembered how God brought them through the world, the world wars. Certainly, and I'm familiar here enough, my father was in World War II. And how that was a world war. We uh, obviously... Uh, I knew he was there. I'm very patriotic. I, uh, I, God has blessed America and all. But as further we get away from that generation, because those generation, many of them are not with us anymore, the more we forget how God brought us through circumstances that were supernatural and he delivered the United States of America. We don't remember. Oh, I don't recall. I don't want to obviously do this. And what happens with the generation that drifts away from remembering what God has done for them is that they fall into sin and they forget God and they forget where their dependence lies. And that is upon Almighty God Almighty. And so that's what happens. And so I want to tell you to be able to worship the Lord when we come in here. That's why I ask you Sunday after Sunday, what has God done in your life this past week that you would like to give him praise for? What has God done? That's why I do that. Because we need to remember that. I can tell you times and I've spoken of it that I knew that God could have taken me out into eternity in the past. I wasn't walking with him. And God could have taken me home at at that point, but he didn't. And we're here. And I remember that. I need to call those things specifically in my memory to be reminded of God Almighty. Now, we know that obviously from the history of Israel that they did forget God. They uh, discontinued serving him and were ultimately judged as a result. We see here that God is addressing something very important for our future. He's saying to you and to me as his people, make a special effort to remember who God is and don't forget what he's like. Don't allow other things to crowd into your life and cause you to forget it. It's interesting that this danger is particularly great when things are going well. Here in verse 12, he says, otherwise, when you eat 
and are satisfied. And when you build fine houses and settle down. And when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase. And all you have is multiplied. Then your heart will become proud. And you will forget the Lord your God. When we're in serious trouble... We cry out to the Lord and we remember who God is. But when everything is going smoothly, when we've got an abundance of everything, that we have all these storage bins full of stuff, we obviously turn away. We don't need God. And what happens with that? We become proud. And we become proud by saying, hey, my intelligence got this particular, all this stuff for me. And you know, it was on my own behalf that I got all these things. Have you, anybody here ever watched uh, Storage Wars? Everybody, anybody ever heard of that? Trish, 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 Trish is man enough to raise her hand. Okay, thank you. Look at it. I know y'all would. When one person raises it, I know because I watched it. It's nothing nasty about it or anything. But it's people who go in and they auction off a storage bin, not knowing what it is in the storage bin. And sometimes, you know, they get their money back and all, and sometimes they obviously lose money because it's a bunch of junk in there. But most of what I see looks like a bunch of junk to me in those bins. I'm just saying, we've got so much stuff, we've allowed it to crowd out the most important, obviously, thing that we need in our life, and that's God Almighty. And that's why we're in the situation we're in, and I believe that's why we're in the church at Laodicea, and we're lukewarm, because we've forgotten the benefits of God. Here in this psalm, it says, obviously, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me, bless His holy name, and forget not all of His benefits. Oh, God has benefited Jim Barcliffe throughout his lifetime. So I'll be forever grateful today. But I don't want to wait till heaven to praise him. I want to praise him now. Look what the Lord has done. He's healed my body. Touched my mind. He gave me the gift of repentance that I changed my mind about my sin. And I turned it away. I repented. Repent means to change your mind about that about what you've done and who God is. He's a holy God. And so I want to tell you today, we get in serious trouble when we tend to obviously forget God. In times of prosperity, we're tempted to take God for granted. The question is, are you enjoying God's blessings upon your life? Then we need to receive them all with thanksgiving. But never forget where it's coming from. Remember when every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father. Father of lights. He comes from Him. Thank Him for it. God has blessed Him. Blessed us. Blessed you. Blessed this church. He's blessed this community. He's blessed Houston, Texas. He's blessed the United States of America. We turn away and forget Him. We get into all types of trouble. The second thing is we need to remember what God has done for us. Verse 15, He led you through the vast and dreadful desert, desert, that thirsty and waterless land with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you out water with, uh, of a hard rock. God, the Bible tells us to guard our hearts with all diligence here to remember God's goodness. God is good. And I've told you many times, the devil will hit you in that area and say, surely God's not good. Surely he's holding out on you. He's holding out on me. He's holding out on this church. 
He's holding out. Surely he's not good all the time. Look at what's happened to you. You've had one thing after the other come across adversity across your life. It looks like it. And the devil will tell you a lie every time saying God is not good all the time. But when we come to a conviction and we come to the commitment and determination and saying that God is good all the time. He is good. That changes us. And we begin to somehow cultivate a heart of thanksgiving. And when we're thankful today, you can that's a pre, you begin to worship too. And that's worship when we thank Him, isn't it? We see here, remember what happened? The people, the Israelites were taken out of Egypt. They murmured and complained. Well, that angel food, the manna, there, they didn't like that. They wanted meat and all, and then they wanted this and that and so forth. And, and God had to hold back His hand of judgment on them because they were complaining and murmuring. How often do we complain, even when good things happen in our lives there? And God, God has got plans for us. They're good plans. And the Bible says in Jeremiah 29, they're plans not to harm you, but plans to give you a hope and a future. And that's most importantly, that He has that for each one of us here. He loves us. He loves us with an everlasting love. And we've got to see through all of the haze of adversity and all the thing the devil throws at us and come to that conclusion and conviction that God is good and He's good all the time. Here, David in this psalm takes joy in the nature and character of God, even in verse 6 when he says, The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. Aren't you glad of that? He works righteousness and justice for all of the oppressed. He does that. In verse 8, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He doesn't treat us as our sins deserve. He doesn't repay us according to our iniquities. He knows we're but His dust. He knows. He sent Jesus to take care of us. He sent Jesus to redeem us. He sent Christ into the world. And obviously, if you're getting down in the dumps and and you're having trouble being thankful, pick up Psalm 103 and read it and meditate upon it. It will change your whole attitude. The third thing is remember what God has done for you. We're to remember what He's told us to do. In Deuteronomy 4, Be careful not to forget the covenant of the Lord your God that He made with you. Do not make for yourselves an idol in the form of anything the Lord your God has forbidden. And this is one reason the Bible is so important. What do we do when you don't want to forget something? You write it down, right? I have notes all over the place. In fact, I forget where the notes are. I have so many notes to remind me of certain things to do. Do you do that? I do it. But I write it down. If you want to remember something, write it down. That's why we have the Word of God. If you want to know who God is, open the Word of God. Get into the Word of God. Study the Word of God. Read the Word of God. Meditate upon the Word of God. You want to know who, what He's like? He's slow to anger. He's compassionate. He knows where but is dust. He, he doesn't remember our sins as far as the east is from the west. It keeps on going. He forgives us continually there. Read the Word of God. The fourth thing is, remember the commitments you've made to the Lord and keep your vows. Remember the promises of God given and let it strengthen your faith on a daily basis. Remember the promise to Abraham? Remember he said, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. And Abraham could go out every night and look in the sky and see the stars there. And he was reminded of the promise of God. And God held off from him, him and he and Sarah, remember? 
He said it's impossible for Sarah to have a baby at this particular time. This looks totally impossible. In your life and mine, God gives you and I promises that we need to cling to. And remember, before this whole thing is over with, he will fulfill every promise made to his children. Amen. Amen. Every promise. Hallelujah. I'm telling you. These things are so important and reminding us who God is and remembering, because if not, the devil's going to tell you. You're going to remember what the devil told you. You're going to remember how he taunted you and said, you'll never make it because you keep stumbling into that same sin over and over and over again. You keep on with that foul mouth or whatever it may be. And he's saying, you'll never make it in heaven. But what does God say? No, I've redeemed you by my blood, the the precious blood of the lamb. I've taken care of it. It's under the blood. Bring it under the blood. Keep bringing it under the blood. That's why when people come and worship, they come in because it's been a hard week. And I didn't act exactly real Christ-like sometimes in that way. And certainly I need to and I want to. And that's my desire. And I, I yield myself to do that. But sometimes it just doesn't work out like that. But when I come in here, I come in here not because of what I've done. I come in here and worship the Lord because of Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. We got to get that off of us because the devil will sit on your shoulder and tell you all this stuff. You're not good at this. You're not a good preacher. You're not a good church attender. You're not a good mother. You're not a good father. You're not a good grandfather. You're not a good grandmother, whatever it may be. He tells you anything because he knows where your weakness is and he comes and pokes his finger in your eye. You need to tell him to get out of here. Get away from me. That's not true. It's because of Jesus. It's not because of us anyway. The enemy comes and tells you that, doesn't he? So why must we remember these things? Remembrance of these things will strengthen your faith. You remember? Remember what happened when David went up against Goliath there? Let me read it to you quickly. Let no one lose heart, David. David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, you're not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You're only a boy, and he has been a fighting man from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep, and when a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. And when it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. The uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. Because he has defied the armies of the living God. And the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. He remembered he killed the lion and the bear. Let me tell you, I wouldn't mess with David. I don't care if he was only a boy or or who he was. Okay, if he's killed a lion and a bear. But he remembered that he went out, remember, and he chopped off Goliath's head with that sword there. and, And the sword was placed uh, maybe in the temple. I don't think Jerry was teaching on it this morning. I think actually he'll get to it. Where that sword was, weren't you, Jerry? You'll get to it. I don't think you got to it before I got it. You might have. But anyway, he reminded, don't you know that David went in there and looked at that sword and he remembered who God was because he, David had opposition day and night. He had people coming against him, but he remembered who God was. And he used that to encourage himself. Remember, remember it facilitates worship. Our emotions evoked us through the process of thought here. Memory is powerful. 
Have you ever had to tell yourself to praise the Lord? Have you ever had to do that? Come in here and speak to the flesh. I speak to you, flesh, in Jesus' name. Get out of here. I'm worshiping the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Speak to it. Your words are powerful. Praise Him. I'm determined. Make a determination in your heart that you're going to praise the Lord. He told Himself twice, Bless the Lord and praise the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, praise His holy name. We may have to tell ourselves several times to be able to do that. So when you come to church, come with a determination in your heart to give praise and worship to the Lord. Think about the times that He's protected you. Think about the times He's healed you. Think about the times He's delivered you. You're not here just obviously because, hey, you got some good driving skills and you made it through Houston's traffic. You're here by the grace of God, right? Amen? You're here by the grace of God. Not here because, hey, I've got everything perfectly aligned and everything is okay. I'm here by God's grace and so I can come in and worship. I can praise Him. That's why I get excited in worship. I want to tell you, you know, I hadn't really even cut loose yet. Amen. <laughs> I love the worship. Amen. I love the worship of the king. Sometimes in the stillness of my heart, I can just sit and meditate upon the Lord and all that. But sometimes I just want to dance. I just want to clap. I want to shout. I just want to just praise him because he is so worthy of our worship and our praise. Because there is a close relationship between forgetting God and forsaking God. In Jeremiah 18, yet my people have forgotten me. They burn incense to worthless idols here, which make them stumble in their ways. And in the ancient past, they, they made them walk in bypaths and on roads not built up. Their land will be laid waste, an, ob, an object of lasting scorn. All who pass by will be appalled and will shake their heads here. When those people fail to remember God, they gave themselves over to to sin. Remember how far God has brought you. Remember, look back. God's brought me a long ways. He's brought me. I remember that and I'm grateful today. Last thing is, how do we remember the Lord and His goodness? We practice thanksgiving. We practice that thankfulness. We rehearse in our minds the things God has done for us and we give thanks. Count your many blessings. What? Name them one by one. Count your many blessings. See what God has done. Obviously, count your many blessings and it will facilitate worship. It is a prerequisite to worship. If you're not grateful, it's going to be hard to enter into worship because God is good. And we sometimes establish memorials to help us to remember. Remember there at the Jordan where they put the 12 stones before they crossed? They wanted to be, I want to remind you. God said, you need this to be reminded. Our friend Dick in his uh, rehab room there, he's got... Um, scripture passages tape uh, across uh, the walls there where he can look and read those scripture passages. He's, he's remembering what the Word of God says about his healing. He's claiming healing, believing for healing. And so he re- reminds himself and he spoke that that's a memorial here. This building is a memorial to our commitment to God. When people drive by here, whether or not they're saved or not not saved, they see this and they'll say some people invested their time, their money in this building to make this place as a Christian church and it has an effect upon them. Believe me. It's a memorial that is very, very important. We celebrate holidays. We celebrate birthdays. We celebrate all these particular times. And remember when they celebrated the Feast of Tabernacles? 
The Israelite lights would dwell in booths to remind them of Jehovah's care and protection while they are journeying from Egypt to Canaan. They, got, they made booths out there and they got in the booth. Why? And put, obviously, made it up. They got in them to remember what God has done. If you're here today, you're here not on your own strength. You're here by the grace of God Almighty. That should evoke praise and worship and thanksgiving. Remember what God has done. What memories do you have in what God has done for you? Do you have these memories that are really important in allowing God to speak to you? It will be a prerequisite for thanksgiving. It helps. So before you come in, when we, when we gather here, uh, maybe on the way to church, whatever, or maybe during the week, obviously, discuss it. Talk about it. What God has done. God has blessed us. It's not because of anything I've done or whatever. There's a certain, I have a certain level of intelligence. There's certain things God has used me, but I always, I'll go back and I'll say, God, I give you the glory and I give you the praise. Has God worked in your life? Has he brought you a long way? He has me. Be reminded and give thanks. Let's pray together. Father, we bless you and praise you. And this reckless love we can't ever understand of why you would send Jesus into the world to die for our sins, that we may know you, that we may have a relationship with you, that we may come into the fold because you've, Lord, we've wandered and we're the one out here, and yet, Lord, will you leave the 99 and come after the one? And we're grateful today, and we'll praise you throughout eternity. You are good. You've been so, so kind. And so, so good to us. And we express that to you, Lord. And we, Lord, ask you, invite you by your spirit to come and touch every heart here. Whether it be healing, whether or not it be deliverance, maybe salvation today in Jesus' name. Because of your reckless love. We praise you and thank you. So, Lord, we bring these decisions to you today. And we bring them, Lord, without hesitation, wanting to know that reckless love that you have for each and every one of us. We lift you up. We praise you. I pray your blessing upon this congregation. And I pray, dear Lord, every heart in this place would come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And that takes just a yes, Lord, here I am. Take me. Because I want to know that reckless love. Oh God, do that in our church. Do that in my life. In the lives of those here. We'll praise you. And thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You have a wonderful day in the Lord. God bless you. Amen. Thank you.